Hello and welcome to the EV Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Maharaj. Thank you for joining me for another episode. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Today's episode is going to focus on EV charging infrastructure, both in Alberta and across Canada. And this is a concern that many people have when it comes to EVs because, you know, there are gas stations everywhere. I don't think people really worry about where they're going to find a gas station to, you know, fuel up their car. But there are still several EV deserts in Alberta and, you know, across Canada, especially when you're outside of those major metropolitan centers. So we have two really great interviews to share with you today. Our first interview is with the Municipal Climate Change Action Center, or MCCAC, and with the organizers behind the EV Coast to Coast Tour. So first up, we have the MCCAC, and they are a collaborative initiative between Alberta municipalities, the rural municipalities of Alberta, and the government of Alberta. So a few different collaborations going on there. And what they do is provide funding and technical assistance and education to municipalities and community organizations. So they've kind of been operating since 2009, and they've funded millions of dollars for solar energy, efficiency renovations, and EV purchases, and more. So their programs are helping Alberta's municipalities achieve real change for the climate. Last year, the MCCAC and AMA, so this podcast is, of course, put on by AMA, We worked closely with them on the EV charging stations that opened at some of our centers in November. So if you've been to our centers in Edmonton, Medicine Hat and Lethbridge, you'll see our snazzy new EV chargers. And that was thanks in part to the MCCAC. As administrators for the South Grow Electric Vehicle Charging Program, the MCCAC has supported a significant build out of EV charging across the province. To learn more, I sat down for a great conversation with Logan Hoyland, project associate with the MCCAC. So without further ado, let's jump into that interview. So the Municipal Climate Change Action Center, what exactly is it? So the MCCAC is a collaborative initiative between Alberta municipalities, the rural municipalities of Alberta and the government of Alberta. We provide funding, technical assistance, and education to Alberta municipalities, nonprofits, schools, and other businesses in addressing climate change. We have a variety of different programs in electric vehicles and as well as capacity building for helping municipalities. So how did the MCCAC get involved with electric vehicles? Why was this something that you guys picked up as a project? So we've been seeing a lot of increased demand for EVs uh, throughout the province and specifically for municipalities um, and through some funding that has available through the uh, provincial and federal government, um, specifically through the uh, zero emission vehicle infrastructure program that's offered through the Canadian government. Um, We've received funding um, from that program to assist municipalities in uh, helping build out infrastructure um, for municipalities, as well as through the South Grow Electric Vehicle Charging Program as well, uh, mainly in southern Alberta uh, for businesses and other applicants as well. So how does it kind of get started when you're working with a municipality? Is it sort of up to the municipality to reach out to you and say, hey, we'd like a little bit of assistance with building infrastructure for 
EV charging or do you all do the outreach? How does that look? So it's normally municipalities who uh, reach out to us. All of our information can be found on our website, all of our different programs and how they work. Um, municipalities are then welcome to submit uh, an expression of interest. Uh, we go through that, uh, then schedule a meeting to meet with the municipality or whoever applies, kind of go through how the program works. So uh, the program status, eligibility, funding levels, uh, the application process, uh, next steps. Uh, and then the municipality uh, takes that information. Uh, they then put together an application package, which includes just some basic information about the chargers themselves, as well as some quotes from an installer or a supplier who will actually do the installation process uh, of the chargers themselves. Um, once that's all been completed, uh, we'll then do a couple project verification steps, make sure everything's accurate, up to date, it's working. Uh, and then we will issue a rebate uh, to the municipality or, or whoever applies for funding uh, after that uh, project has been completed. And are you seeing a lot of interest from municipalities across Alberta in building infrastructure for electric vehicle charging? Yeah, for sure. So our original electric vehicle charging program, which was exclusive to municipalities, uh, it's now been closed because uh, 100% of the funding was fully allocated wow. uh, to all municipalities throughout the province. Um, and now we have a different program. It's called the South Grow Electric Vehicle Charging Program, uh, which offers a 46% rebate uh, to applicants. And we're starting to see a significant increase in interest throughout the province as well for a variety of municipalities, businesses, uh, multi-unit residential buildings and Indigenous communities as well. So we are seeing quite a bit of interest throughout the province. So when we talk to potential EV owners, people who are looking to purchase an EV, one of the biggest concerns that comes up is range anxiety, right? Like, am I going to find chargers if I take a trip across the province? Can you speak to how vast Alberta's current charging network is? Yeah, for sure. So um, the charging infrastructure is continually uh, improving and starting to increase throughout Alberta. Um, kind of the latest data from PlugShare, uh, it looks like there's around uh, 650 uh, level two plugs currently throughout the province. And I'll kind of differentiate. There's kind of uh, charging stations and plugs. Um, charging stations are often the actual unit or pedestal that's installed uh, in the ground. Uh, however, charging stations often have two plugs. So it's not always a one-to-one -one ratio. So if you hear that a charging station has been installed it often has two plugs that vehicles can use simultaneously. So similar to a gas pump, mm -hmm. right? Like you have the one pump and you can fill up from either side. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, around 650 level two chargers uh, throughout the province, um, around 180 uh, level three chargers. So those are the DC fast chargers, which can charge your vehicle from around 20% to 80% in about 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, so quite a bit quicker. And then around 230 Tesla plugs uh, throughout the province. Again, uh, those are very quick. However, they're only for, for Tesla vehicles. So if it's a non-Tesla vehicle, unfortunately, they won't be able to use them. So how easy or difficult is it to find charging outside of cities? So we know you work with municipalities. Is rural Alberta as equipped with these charging stations as, say, Edmonton or Calgary is? Uh, not yet. Uh, there is still significant gaps in the amount of charging infrastructure throughout rural Alberta. Um, most charging stations are found in Edmonton, Calgary, and along the Highway 2 corridor and throughout southern Alberta. Um, there are gaps, most specifically in northern Alberta, uh, 
Western Central Alberta and East Central Alberta. However, we are starting to see uh, quite a bit more infrastructure being developed throughout rural Alberta, specifically through the EV EVCP program and the South Grow program as well. So it is coming, but there does definitely need to be more infrastructure installed throughout rural rural areas. Is that lag just due to a lack of interest in those areas for electric vehicles, or are there other barriers that you know contribute to why? that infrastructure hasn't really caught up to the rest of the province? Uh, I think uh, a significant portion of it is due to the decreased or the lessened interest, I guess, in EVs throughout rural Alberta. Um, we are starting to see an increase. And as more people uh, want to purchase EVs and do purchase EVs, uh, we will see more infrastructure being developed, which is really important for rural Alberta when you have to travel longer distances from stop to stop. I think there's been a lot of growth in the field. I know the federal government has committed around $700 million uh, to increase the infrastructure throughout Canada through the Zero Emission Vehicle Infrastructure Program. And they've also committed, um, I believe, 50,000 new chargers be installed uh, throughout Canada by 2026. So we are seeing significant um, commitments from the federal government, as well as from uh, vehicle manufacturers such as GM and Ford, who are committing to having uh, entirely uh, EV sales, I believe, by 2035 as well. So as we have more uh, push from the government as well as from, you know, automakers, I, I think we'll, we're going to see a lot of increase throughout the province for EVs. How reliable are these chargers? So if I'm driving along Highway 2, I know you mentioned that there is, you know, quite a bit of charging stations along that corridor. How reliable is it? Uh, will I have to plug in my car for an hour and find something to do? Yeah, reliability is uh, it's a major issue. That's uh, a major concern for stations throughout the province. Uh, EV drivers need to feel confident that uh, no matter where they're going, when they map out their trip, when they kind of find out what chargers they'd like to stop at and charge, they need to feel confident that they're going to be able to plug in and use those. Um, we need to see reliability upwards of 99%. Um, and right now, there are, there are issues for reliability um, for a myriad of reasons, uh, network co connectivity issues, um, faulty installations, uh, newer technology, uh, things of that nature, which will improve um, as more and more stations are installed, uh, better technology is developed, and installers have a better, better understanding of what they're doing, and, uh, and we can improve that reliability for EV drivers. And is there a way for a driver to check ahead of time if that um, if the charging stations along their route are up and running? Yeah, there are some great tools uh, that EV drivers can use. Uh, the best being PlugShare. Uh, PlugShare has all of the publicly available uh, level two, level three, and Tesla chargers uh, available on their on their app or website, uh, where you can see if they're being used or if they're. Uh, undergoing maintenance or anything like that. So that's a great tool to use um, if you're driving. So a common worry for people, um, again, this range anxiety, um, will I run out of charge before I can find a working charging station? Do you think that those fears are valid even with the issues that exist right now? We've spoken to a few EV owners and they've said, you know, we've never had any issues. We've never worried that our cars were going to break down at the side of the road because we ran out of charge. So do you think those fears are valid? Uh, I think range anxiety is definitely a concern for some people, but it's definitely, I think, overblown. Um, most new EVs have range capacities in the area of, you know, 400 to even 500 kilometers now. 
And most Albertans don't travel that far in a day. Uh, most people are going, you know, 30 to 50 kilometers kind of thing. So as uh, EV infrastructure and charging stations are developed throughout the province, I think that's the key uh, to really reducing range anxiety. So people feel confident in knowing wherever they're going, that there's going to be charging stations they can use. And what about renters who can't install a home charging system? What's the outlook for them? Yeah, that's a that's a definitely a major concern for the EV industry. Uh, a lot of people are renting and don't have access to to chargers in their parking lot or have to rely on you know curbside chargers. Uh, I, I do know that the Pembina Institute is completing a uh, study where they look into some of the barriers and concerns and how to address them uh, regarding EV adoption and charging station deployment uh, in multi-unit residential buildings. Uh, so there are organizations who are looking into this and seeing how they can kind of mitigate that. Um, right now, I'd say if you are in an apartment building or a condo and you're looking at, uh, at um, getting an EV, it'd be best to you know try to talk to the building owner or association to see if they can maybe install stations as kind of an investment for the property. Uh, or else utilize the existing um, infrastructure they have right now, uh, whether that be 120 volt outlets, which most parking stalls have. Right. So you can plug into the winter. Um, you can still plug into those with an EV. Uh, they are quite a bit slower. However, they do they do provide some some charge and some range to your EV. And then maybe utilizing a DC fast chargers once a week, uh, like if you're uh, filling up at a gas station, uh, just to recoup that lost range. So it's not out of the question to own an EV if you don't own a home. It's just a little bit more challenging at the moment. But you mentioned we're seeing improvements there. Building owners are installing chargers in their parking lots. And yeah, so it's not totally out of the question for someone to own an EV if they don't own a home. No, it's definitely not. There there, there are options available. Um, taking advantage of curbside chargers are great. Uh, sometimes they're the charging rates are cheaper or even free. So trying to take advantage of those and whatever DC fast chargers you might have around you as well. Does the MCCAC work with private corporations or is it strictly municipalities? Uh, so we normally just work with municipalities. Uh, however, with the South Grow Electric Vehicle Charging Program, uh, we are uh, helping administer this program for a variety of applicants, uh, including businesses, uh, municipalities, uh, schools, multi-unit residential buildings, and Indigenous communities. So there is funding available for a variety of applicants through this program. So those people could reach out to the MCCAC via your website if they were interested in learning if they qualify for that funding? For sure. Yeah, there's lots of funding available for a variety of different applicants to help build out that infrastructure. Okay. So Logan, <laughs> what are the biggest myths you've heard about EVs? Uh, I think there's two major myths around EVs. Uh, the first being uh, the cost of ownership is just too great um, for electric vehicles. While it is true that EVs do cost, you know, ten to fifteen thousand dollars more to purchase compared to an internal combustion engine vehicle counterpart, uh, the cost of ownership is 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 quite a, is significantly lower though over the long term um, because EVs are more efficient. So they're upwards of eighty to ninety percent efficient compared to an internal combustion engine vehicle at around forty percent efficiency. Um, your fuel costs are significantly lower. Uh, there's less maintenance costs because there are less moving parts in an EV. Uh, so overall, you could be seeing, you know, decreased um, annual ownership costs of, of, of around 80%. And you could see kind of a return on investment in EVs in around two to three years. So they are significantly cheaper to own. 
So there may be um, a higher upfront cost, but overall your costs will be lower than purchasing a traditional vehicle. For sure. And there are, there is funding available through the federal government as well. Uh, through the Zero Emission Vehicle Program, uh, you can receive a $5,000 uh, rebate uh, when you do purchase a new electric vehicle. So that definitely helps, helps incentivize um, potential owners uh, buying EVs as well. Thank you. What are you most excited about for the future when you think of transportation? Is there anything in particular that you're just eager to see come to fruition? I think it's just really the increased interest and demand we're seeing from all aspects of the market and consumers and government as well. Um, the government is really, uh, the federal government is really pushing EVs. They have a lot of money committed to it, uh, really trying to build all that infrastructure, as well as automakers are committing to producing EVs exclusively in the future. So I think a lot of people are really starting to see just how many environmental impacts they have uh, and that they're more financially and they're just a better option than internal combustion engine vehicles for most people. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Logan. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our guests before you leave? Yeah, thanks. This was great. Um, if anybody is looking for for funding for electric vehicle charging programs, uh, the electric vehicle charging program, specifically for businesses, there is funding available through the South Grove program. So that'd be great to check out. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. That was my conversation with Logan Hoyland from MCCAC. Charging infrastructure really is such an important piece of the puzzle when you're thinking of whether or not an EV is for you. And chargers are popping up definitely all over. But right now in Canada, the majority of them are really in the metropolitan areas. So in, in the cities. And that raises the question on how a road trip might go. We're going to dig into that. But first, I want to introduce our special guest, Joining us, Kevin Chornos, who recently offered up his podcasting experience to have a chat with a company that organized a charging coast-to-coast -coast EV tour. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for having me on today. So I mentioned that you offered up some of your podcasting expertise. Are you able to tell us a little bit about your history with podcasts? Sure, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, so I started out doing some podcasts based on uh, pop culture, uh, most most notably the Cobra Kai uh, Netflix series. That was a big one that I did. And then I also delved into a music podcast, highlighting some different musicians uh, from down in the United States, mostly in the Nashville area. So that was kind of the, what brought me to uh, working with AMA and doing our our EV podcast. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm the registry supervisor for the AMA branch here in Camel. So I get to kind of live, uh, live a double life doing uh, what I love uh, on both fronts. So we're so excited that you were able to do this interview. And thank you so much for joining us. And tell me a little bit about who you spoke to. So I had talked to Mr. Craig Ballard, the president and CEO of Alexicon Group. Right. And that company planned the Charging Coast to Coast tour this year. Is that correct? They did. And the, the whole idea behind that tour was not only to show the potential of a across Canada EV road trip, but the tour also stopped off at 40 multi-unit residential buildings to chat about the EV infrastructure. Right. Because, you know, as a homeowner, you can just go ahead and install whatever charging infrastructure that you need. But if you live in an apartment or a condo, that's not as easy. And so my understanding is the Alexicon Group is really aiming to help businesses and multi-unit residential buildings expand their EV offerings. That's absolutely correct, Crystal, uh, because homeowners can now go ahead and install their own chargers. But for some folks who live in apartments or condos, it's not that easy. Yeah, 
Awesome. And so how about we just jump into that interview with uh, you and Craig? And this is really a remarkable thing that we're that he's bringing across Canada, the EV technology and uh, the EV experience to people who aren't familiar with it, much like myself. And uh, thanks for joining us, Craig. How are you doing today, sir? Thanks for having me. Doing great and uh, pleasure to be with you. Absolutely. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this as myself uh, and, and a lot of folks I'm thinking are in the same boat that they're not totally experienced with uh, the EV experience and uh, and the things that you guys are bringing forth to people. So can you tell us about, about the EV tour and, uh, and, and when it was planned and why it's planned? It was started with collaboration with Natural Resources Canada, sometimes called Enercan for short. And we had, again, collaboratively with Enercan, put forward a, a proposal to do a cross-country uh, EV uh, electric vehicle awareness tour. And by cross-country, we you know uh, literally mean almost every province and starting in Victoria and working our way all across uh, Canada, right through to Atlantic Canada and uh, all points in between. And the ideas uh, started with our flagship uh, company called EV Start, which is a joint venture between ourselves and, and Wise Metering. We felt like this was a really cool opportunity to, uh, and the timing was right, to bring awareness to, especially to multi-unit residential building residents, which is one of the most underserved populations for, in terms of EV charging infrastructure. And so we focused on on that uh, part of the market and uh, with a mission of going to those sites all across Canada, apartment buildings, condo buildings, high-rises, mid-rises, et cetera, and talking with residents, tenants, building owners and managers, wherever we could, talk about the revolution in electric vehicles and uh, answer questions about electric vehicle charging and how electric vehicles work. And to do that, we wanted to make sure that people could actually touch and feel and, and experience an electric vehicle. And so we had a uh, we have a convoy of several electric vehicles, Teslas in this case, that, that went from site to site across 40 plus sites across Canada. And all of those tenants and residents and, and anybody who was in the area had an opportunity to interact with the vehicles, ask questions about charging, see how the vehicles charge and uh, and have an actual experience inside the vehicle with one of our operators. So that, that was how it all came together. And uh, again, very grateful for the support of Natural Resources Canada as well. Absolutely. And uh, so, Craig, what are, what are some of the common questions that you are getting from people upon your tour stops uh, that, that people are asking along the way? Yeah. So one of the most common questions is on range of the vehicle. And that's something that, that comes up is, I, I think it's starting to change, but range anxiety as a term is a, is a real thing. And so people that are used to, most people are used to gas vehicles and just stopping at the nearest gas station. And so people often have questions about the vehicle's range and also its range in different weather conditions. You know, does it operate the same in, in when it's 10 below as when in the summertime? So that's, that's a fairly common question. So those are, those are the most common questions and, and also access to charging, particularly in the um, in multi-unit residential building environments, so where you know where can I charge the vehicle? How can I drive to this location? Will there be charging infrastructure available? So those are the, the types of questions we get about electric vehicles, and then uh, as people experience them, you know, also about how you know do they operate exactly the same way as a, as a gas car? What are the differences? So. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty wide range of questions, but but those are some of the more common ones. And have you had uh, have you ran into any challenges of any sort along the way with the tour thus far? 
You know, I think that there's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes into the logistics of, of putting the tour together that, that uh, probably the folks that are actually at the locations don't necessarily see. So, you know, hotels, rest, uh, meals, uh, traveling from site to site, hitting hitting schedules and deadlines. So there, there's that part of it. I think probably the one thing we've learned of, of literally going across Canada and, and, you know, the prairies, et cetera, is charging infrastructure is, is available, but there are some places where it's only available on major highways. And so one of the challenges we had is making sure from a charging perspective that we weren't going too far off of the Trans-Canada in some cases or other major highways that that have charging infrastructure. The good news is is that we were able to make it everywhere using only electric vehicles and and, um, again, across the prairies, right, right through to Victoria and everywhere in between and had access to charging. So it worked, and I think it's only going to get better as we go forward, and I think that's just going to continue to improve. But I would say one of the challenges is when you're when you're crossing such large distances, and particularly in some of the less populated areas, just making sure we had enough charge. Absolutely. And just uh, just for everybody's knowledge, which vehicle are, are you guys using for the tour, and why is that your selected vehicle of choice? Yeah, so our, our vehicles for the tour are Tesla Model 3s. There's, there's a few different uh, reasons for that. I think the one of the, the most obvious ones is it's probably the most widely available electric vehicle at, at this point in Canada. It's also uh, arguably the most established electric vehicle. So from a reliability standpoint, it's extremely sort of predictable about how they're going to operate in their range, et cetera. Of course, many different manufacturers now are, are launching or have launched electric vehicles. So that's changing. But at the time we, uh, we designed the tour and launched the tour, certainly Tesla was was the vast majority of market share in electric vehicles. So that's one uh, aspect of it. The second is that Tesla, as of today, still has the, the strongest uh, charging network in North America, and that includes Canada. So again, it's improved greatly for non-Tesla vehicles, just in, especially in the last year or two. But for us, from, from a practical standpoint, just making sure we could hit all the spots, had good access to, to a supercharging network wherever we went, and also access to actually being able to get vehicles. We did look at some other types of vehicles, and um, and we're interested. It's just we couldn't get them in time for the tour. So that's that's uh, that's why we went with the Model Three. Do any of these vehicles have a have a some degree of towing capacity? If a person wanted to pull a small, uh, like a small tent trailer or things of that nature, if it, for some of the folks that do love doing uh, camping and you know going off the grid, so to speak, and, and for a weekend and whatnot, uh, just wondering, is there do they have any of that type of towing capacity? Yes, they they do, and and uh, they do have some towing capacity. Towing capacity definitely has an impact, or, or towing load. Definitely has an impact on on range, much like it would for a, a gas car as well. Electric vehicles have a lot of torque, so from a from a pure engineering perspective, science perspective, they're they're excellent candidates for towing. But it also has an impact on range, and and so uh, you you may know about the, or you may have even seen some Ford Lightnings now, which are now just starting to kind of dot the landscape. I've I've seen quite a few just in the last couple of weeks at different parking lots. And that's a question that comes up often, especially for, for uh, folks that, that prefer pickups. And I know a lot of folks in Alberta do prefer pickups. So that's a question that comes up a lot. So, yes, they have excellent towing capabilities, but uh, you have to balance that against, against uh, uh, range considerations. So, Craig, you're, you're stopping at residential buildings. What is the biggest challenge for people living in apartments and condos when it comes to owning and operating an EV vehicle? Yeah, it's... 
for for someone that has their own home or a single family home, it's a bit easier they can contact an electrician sometimes the place where they bought the vehicle arrange for them to have a charger installed at a, at a multi-unit residential building or condo be it a rental apartment or if you're an owner of a condo that can be a, a little bit longer of a process so first you've got to identify who uh, has control of the building is it a condo board in which case you know you'll want to go to the the head of your condo board or representative say hey we, i really want to get an electric vehicle or i want to have charging access and start the conversation there in many cases now, the, the building, uh, whoever is owning and operating the building, is already down this path as, as hundreds of buildings across Canada are installing chargers now. So I think it's a kind of a perfect time, and, and uh, many building owners and operators are getting these inquiries every day from um, from their residents. But that's one of the challenges. You can't just put in a charger tomorrow in your parking spot. That has to be in collaboration with the building owner and operator. And that's one of the things we're trying to address with the tour and also as a business is is making sure that building owners are, are getting way ahead and condo owners and, and rental uh, building operators are getting well ahead of EV charging so they can you know keep up with, with tenants. And, and it's becoming a, a an important amenity. And I think it's going to become a different differentiator for people that deciding where they want to live is whether or not they have good access to electric vehicle charging. Another question that kind of spoke up to me here while you're just mentioning all the uh, apartment buildings and condos and rental properties is what is the is, is it an exorbitant cost to have these installed in in properties uh, like for small property owners if they were requested you know by their tenants that they wanted to go this route is it a is it a huge cost to the renter? No, it's not, and or at least it shouldn't be. Right now, many of these projects, in fact, most of them today are there is funding available for multi-unit residential buildings and uh, from Enercan and other sources. And so I would say in, in most cases, those a lot of the costs, certainly up to half of the costs, can, um, are, are covered by available incentives and, and many building owners and operators are taking advantage of that. So that's, that's one aspect. And, and, and then for the, the tenant or resident from there, there are many di- different types of flexible programs where they don't have to cover that cost up front for a, a, a relatively small fee, certainly a small fee compared to the, the savings and benefits they're getting from operating an electric vehicle as opposed to gas, they can get access to an electric vehicle charger. So, so I would say that it's not exorbitant uh, for, for the building owner. There are many good options and funding options to make this happen today. And then for the resident or tenant, I think it's a, it should be, and, and we're trying to make uh, make this a reality, it should be a very cost-effective option once they've acquired an electric vehicle to, uh, to get a, a, you know, cover the cost of a charging station. And then, of course, the electricity itself is very, very cheap compared to um, the cost of gas. So with your tour going across Canada, uh, so as of right now, how, how does Alberta's infrastructure uh, compare to other provinces that you've visited already? Alberta is definitely behind, I would say, generally speaking, the rest of Canada in electric vehicle charging infrastructure. It does exist. It, we, we were able to access it where we needed to in Alberta, but say compared to Alberta's neighbors to the west in BC, BC has, has a much more developed electric vehicle charging infrastructure. So I think Alberta, uh, you know, and our feedback from the tour is Albertans are very excited about electric vehicles. They they are a- absolutely interested in them and r- recognize that the shift is taking place. So I don't think I, I think the the level of enthusiasm and the, the transition is gonna is gonna follow in Alberta uh, much like the rest of Canada. 
It certainly is a very exciting uh, venture that you guys are bringing across Canada and bringing awareness to electric vehicles and charging and infrastructure along the way. For those that are looking for more information, uh, where can they visit you to to find uh, different answers to a lot of the questions that they might have uh, via via Facebook, Twitter, or any accounts that you can share with us where people could go to find more information on what you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think probably the best place to start is evstart.com. And that's our that's our website where there's lots of uh, educational materials available and contact ways to get in touch with us, whether you're a, a resident or a, a tenant in the multi-unit residential building. Any, well, of course, anybody is welcome to get in touch with us to talk about electric vehicles or electric vehicle charging. We have social media accounts across Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, again, all on, on EV Start. So look us up on EV Start across your, you know, on your favorite social media platform and you're you're going to see posts about all sorts of things related to electric vehicles, and you can get in touch with us there as well. So those are a few different options to get in touch with us at EV Start. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Craig Ballard very, very much for being here with our uh, podcast today. Again, he's the president and CEO of Alexicon Group, and they're going across Canada, bringing awareness to electric vehicles and answering questions that uh, Canadians have regarding this new venture that's uh, really quite exciting. We're going from coast to coast. So once again, Craig, thank you so very much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you know, my pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My name is Kevin Chornohos from the Alberta Motor Association. I was very happy to be here with you today and look forward to bringing you some information again in the future. Thank you for listening to another episode of the EV Life podcast. As always, I'm your host, Crystal Maharaj. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you always know when a new episode drops. And if you have anything that you want to contact us about, you can do so by sending me an email at community at and I'll talk to you next week.